You know that moment right before like a storm comes in and it's like all real calm and it's weird. You're like, oh, this is this isn't good. Often called the calm before the storm. No, no one, no one in, in the history of history has ever said that. You're just coining new phrases, obviously. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so that is exactly it. The calm before the storm. Uh, we, I've lived in Florida. I know what's up. I, 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 I live in a place that has tornadoes. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hello, welcome to this week's episode of Coughing on the Air. Sorry. <laughs> it's less coughing than last week. Uh, this is the Season Language Checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Al and Ladium. Hello. Here for our 99th episode. 99 Luft Balloons. Yes, that. Wasn't that song again like a Tony Hawk game? Probably. That makes sense. Or like a ska like, version of it. I, yes, probably. <laughs> uh, this is a podcast where we, we, we make predictions and then like two days later get them immediately wrong. Because <laughs> that's the thing that happens. Man, that PlayStation Classic lineup came out and boy howdy. Ooh. They didn't put Symphony of the Night on there. Yeah, no. A few days after the fact, we were like, yo, they didn't, they didn't put that on there. They're dumb. <laughs> I mean, they are dumb. I mean, yes. The you, lineup is horrible. It's not It's not great. Like, it's not great. I mean, it's it's kind of neat that they're putting Revelations Persona on that thing. Yeah, even even like, though like it's more like, hey, Persona 5 was popular, so let's put a Persona game on there. Right. And that game, like, I am kind of, I like, I'm excited for people to experience that weirdness because that game is so bizarre with its localization and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, it's a it's a good accessible way to play that game, like that version of that game. Considering like when I bought that game a few years back to play it, I had to spend like fifty dollars on it. Yeah. Just on the disc, no yeah. no packaging, just the disc. So I can't wait for people to to see weird CGI Philemon and be like, "What is this game?" They're gonna play it for like an hour and they'd be like, "This is this isn't Persona Five. I don't like this." Yeah, basically. And turn it off, like you know, Persona One's a fine game, but like if they really want to put like a good Persona game on there, like put Persona Two or Eternal Punishment on there. Still, the lineup is not good. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we shouldn't make any predictions in this episode. Uh, here's my prediction. Next week we are going to have episode 100. <gasps> That's true. Just kidding. Now we just ruined it. Knock Aww. on wood. Oh no. Oh well, today we're uh, we're not talking about the PlayStation Classic. I just wanted to, to make mention of that because <laughs> that immediately happened afterwards, and I was just like, <laughs> of course. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk about a game that we have kind of touched upon in previous episodes just not not in a full sense like a full mm-hmm. episode sense we've kind of just briefly hit upon it in, in a grab bag and in the game of the year discussions uh you recently played through life is strange mm-hmm. we talked about we talked that about it uh that was a a few episodes back 
mm-hmm. more than a few, but it was some episodes back. It was recently. It was recently. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and then you finally got around to playing Before the Storm. Correct. Because it was cheap. Yeah. It was cheap, and you were. I was like, hey, you should buy this because it's cheap. And I did. And you did. Uh, this is a. Uh, we talked about this game last year when the first episode came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was mostly just me talking about it. Correct, because I didn't know anything about it. It's true. Uh, and then I also discussed it. Uh, that was episode 40, by the way, if you want to go back and listen to that. Uh, we talked about it in the Game of the Year discussions as well, because I believe that was ranked on, on mine. So I kind of went went through that game like very briefly. But uh, since you just played it, mm-hmm. you know, there's no, no better time than the present to uh, discuss that game. Deep dive. Deep dive into the pool of emotions. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Whew. I have a box of tissues ready. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, you you just you recently came off of Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. And this is the prequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think? So, um, you want just, like, general opinions? Sure. I'm happy that we got to learn more about Rachel and Chloe's relationship and how they got to know each other and what they kind of meant to each other to an extent. And um, get a little bit more inside of Chloe's head. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little confused by the whole, like, back top mechanic and did poorly at it a few times. Um, but I understand they're like, oh, we can't have her also have supernatural abilities. So we're just going to make the fact that she's like a sassy teenage girl who likes to talk back to people a gameplay mechanic. So, um, you know, it, it was fine. It was just a little weird to get used to. Yeah, it's definitely um, one of like the, the big problems coming into that game. Or not a problem, but like just differences coming into that game is that like, you know, the first game relies so much on like the supernatural element to it. Mm-hmm. And in this game, it just has none of that because it wouldn't, it doesn't make sense for it to have it. Right. So like, it's such a weird tonal shift in a way. And also just mechanically that like, these are like, this is just more straight up just an adventure game compared to right. Life is Strange 1, which where it just has like, you know, all the time travel, time mechanics in it. To where like you can do a lot of different stuff with that, and this is like you don't really have those options. Yeah, it it's different. Um, I mean, I think it works. It was just I'm not good at it. I am not a sassy teenager who likes to talk <laughs> back to people. It definitely like I I struggled <clears throat> with those as well when I played through the game. So like I completely understand where you are coming from, and I think it helped more that like we could put two brains together on those and yeah. get our way through those more so than like, if it was just like, cause like when I was by myself, I was like, Oh God, Oh God, I gotta go. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Pressure, 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 pressure. And yeah, I was that like, time the, goes really quickly. Yeah. That, it was so stressful. It is very stressful. And just like, it, it almost like makes you like forces you to mess up at times. And yeah. you know, having two people there definitely alleviates some of that. Not all of it. Not all of it. Um, I know that you've touched on this before and I am going to also touch on it, especially because people who listen to this podcast or know us at all 
know who I am and where I come from on this kind of thing. Um, the dub on this has issues. It does. Um, there's some intense delivery and tone issues. Um, that I was like in the middle of a situation. I'm like, oh god, that delivery was bad, and like you got to hear me say that a few mm-hmm. times. Um, and it's just because they use scabs. Yeah, we we definitely talked about this uh, the first time around, but like uh, this this game was one of the byproducts, especially affected by the the SAG after strike that was going around going around a few years back where voice actors were striking against video game companies because they were not being compensated properly for the type of work they were doing. And yeah. this was one or of the Or given games... like proper breaks and that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And this was one of the games affected by that. So like Ashley Birch did not reprise her role as Chloe because she was a part of that strike. So Square Enix decided to go forth with the development of this game and use scabs. Which if you don't know if you if you aren't aware of like what a scab is, it's basically someone who is not a part well, of they'll break union they lines. They break yeah, they break union lines and will 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 take work. Yeah. That's essentially it. So yeah, like I mean they square and issue scabs to get this game out. And it's completely disappointing. It shows. It and it, it definitely shows. Like it is definitely a drop down in quality in terms of the the delivery, the acting, just a lot of it. And you can tell just, like, even some of, like, the the more minor characters, like, you can tell where, like, some of them have been replaced, and it's very noticeable. Mm-hmm. So that was difficult at times that I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh, that takes you out of it. And, but overall, like, it, it looks nice, it plays nice, and I like that we got some of this story on, like, how they met. Um, and it was an opportunity for us to actually get to know Rachel a bit more because we don't know a whole lot about her from the original Life is Strange. Like, right. we know that she means a lot to Chloe. We know that she's missing. And then we eventually know that she dies. Spoiler alert. Um, but we don't know who she really is or, like, how how she functioned as a person, how she was with other people, what her backstory was. We just know that she was, like, a thing and that people loved her. So it was great that we got to like actually get more of who Rachel is. And I think this is what, two years before. Is that what we decided? Or is three years, two or three years. I think it's three, three years. It's like 2010 and the game takes place in 2013. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, anyway, like early teen ish, Chloe and Rachel, (laughs) as opposed to like, 18 and 19 year old versions let me let me ask you this because okay. you, you kind of touched upon this where like you know it's it's more expanding upon chloe and rachel's relationship like how they became friends and everything and how they became like to mean so much to each other mm-hmm. but yeah there's a lot of like things they add to the story for for dramatic effect that you could say Mm-hmm. that aren't addressed at all in the original life is strange such as like, like the fire like like the whole fire thing uh chloe's run in with that super duper shady drug dealer everything about Get rachel's stabbed. parents and all that sort of stuff that whole drama 
like all that stuff is just kind of never touched upon because maybe they just never the original uh writers just never thought to include it or just didn't think didn't think of it um with all that being said do you think those are good additions to the story like is it is it too much like just super duper drama because life is strange one was full of drama and emotional elements that they had to kind of up the stakes here in some places and add in all this sort of stuff that is never touched upon or is it just like you know this is something that could have happened and just never was around or never got around to being talked about in the original game personally i feel like a lot of it shouldn't have been there or it didn't really matter um like Ultimately, did the fire matter? No. Ultimately, did Rachel getting stabbed matter? No. Um, you know, it, it's just so uh, the whole thing with uh, like Warren 2.0. Did any of that matter? No. And so it was, it's odd that like some of that was brought up and then like never addressed. But like you said, it's a different development team too. So maybe it was just like, oh, you know, we have to make like some big emotional moments and scares and that kind of thing. And like the whole, the whole Rachel getting stabbed almost seemed like it was a bait and switch of like, Oh, maybe she's going to die. They're going to like make her die here or something. Right. But I was like, no, of course not. Like that, that would make no sense. I guess in a way this kind of ties into the ultimate question of like, you know, with prequels and all that sort of stuff in general is, and it's that is, should this exist? Um, I think that, yeah, it should exist. I'm fine with it existing. I just think that some of it could have like not been there. Right. And it would have still had the same impact because really what we were there for and what we cared about was Chloe and Rachel and figuring out like their relationship. Do you think as well, like all of that extra added drama and all that sort of stuff is a byproduct of those episodes being a lot longer than you anticipate? Like, do you think those episodes are, are bloated? Um. Like, I obviously it's three episodes, so like they kind of have to. They're going to be a lot. Of, they're going to be longer than you know the the regular run of original Life is Strange episodes are. Right. But I I feel like going kind of back through that with you, there were times where those episodes kind of dragged in yeah. a way that I don't think Life is Strange really did. Yeah, I don't really, I never got that sense from Life is Strange. And like I said, I just think there are parts that shouldn't have really existed. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was just talking about Warren 2.0, which I can't remember his name, but Elliot. like Elliot, With why did any, why did any of that really need to happen in the office? It's a good question. Like, I guess because they needed a climax of him being a, a weird creeper. Right, but, like, we got that vibe from him already from, like, going into his room and some of the things that he said and, like, the same kind of thing that Warren did. Like, we got that creepy vibe off of him, too. And so it it just kind of felt like the same kind of idea of, like, oh, you know, here's this guy who also has an interest in the main character like they did with Warren. Um, But it didn't go in the same way of, like, oh, well... You know, you can pick one or the other. It almost seemed like they kind of had to to write that that office scene in there to like have an excuse to write him out. Yeah. 
it was odd. So I don't think that that really needed to exist because there was already like a really nice climax to that entire chapter. So like having that bit of stress was a little unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there were moments where I was like, eh, this really shouldn't happen. But I mean, overall, if we're taking the bits of the story together, it works. But there are absolutely moments. So I'm like, you could cut that. It wouldn't matter. It'd be fine. So you would you would say that this is not as good as Life is Strange? I don't think it's as good as Life is Strange. Okay. We are on the same page there. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I... When I first... In my Game of the Year list, like, Life is Strange 1 was, like, a... It's like a top three, mm-hmm. and then this was like bottom half. I think that sounds about right. So, like, obviously, like, I think that kind of shows like there was there was a dip in quality. Yeah, there was. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's still not a bad game. It's not. Um, it's just not as good of a game. It's just there's there's parts of it that are pretty unnecessary. Correct. Yeah. And like you, I guess if you want to put that on like, hey, this is a different development team, maybe that's why. But it is one of those things where you you kind of look you can't look at it and be like, you know, obviously the main point of it is like we're gonna further explain the Chloe and Rachel relationship, but outside of that, is there much else to to show for it mm. and it might be hard to argue that there really is yeah I think the only other thing that's like really I don't want to say like the only other thing that's important but like you get more of the like David situation with her mom and you get more of like how Chloe is feeling about like Max abandoning her per se. Like I think that's kind of like one of the better things this game does is is show how she handles like Max kind of like just in a in a sense ditching her. Yeah. Because like you get that sense in the original game. But like since they're reunited it kind of like falls by the wayside in a bit. Right, and they act like nothing really happened. And here you really get to see, like, you know, Chloe's tried to reach out and communicate with her, and Max has just kind of disappeared for whatever reason. And you have all these, like, fake letters to to Max that Chloe writes in the journal, that which takes up, like, what the, the original journal was. And it really kind of adds to that character in a way that, like, you really get to see, like, how she's been affected by this, how it, it has hurt her in a multitude of ways and like and it basically just how how that's hurt her how the death of her dad's hurt her and it's how her mom moving on essentially has hurt her yeah like if there is like one of like one of the more positive things about this game is that like it really does a deep dive into into chloe as a character in a way that like i don't think original life is strange does as well correct because you really get to see, like, just, like, the inside of her, like, her psyche. And, I mean, even something as simple as, like, 
seeing that Chloe has tried to text Max a few times and like you'll see that Max took like two weeks to get back to her and mm-hmm. then it was like one word or something like that. Like just seeing the attempts there, like you can understand how that would hurt. And like the, even and like it, the first journal page is like her attempting to write a letter and then at the end of it being like, I f- can't, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't mail this. Which kind of sets off everything else, but like, yeah, it's it's very interesting, and even like just the the strange dream sequences she has about her dad, really, yeah, really hits home. Of like, she has issues. She has issues and some problems that people aren't taking the time to address. Correct. And she's just deal. She's having to deal with him in whatever way she can, and that's basically by smoking the one weed and the lashing out at everyone. Yes. Because she and then had- eventually, like, putting all of her hopes and dreams onto Rachel. Because, mm-hmm. like, everyone basically. I mean, obviously, we know that she becomes like this super sassy and kind of attitudinal teen. But, like, everyone just basically blames her for having an attitude and doesn't, like, try to go, like, okay, why does she have this attitude? Like, what right. is causing her to lash out like this? It's just like, oh, you're a teen and you're being kind of shitty, so obviously this is this is all your fault. We can't help you. And all that sort of stuff. Right. But, yeah. <sighs> I don't know where I'm going with it from there. So <laughs> no, no, but I mean, you're right. Like it, it's just more of what is going on in Chloe's head, and what leads to the Chloe that we know. Mm-hmm. It's important. It, it is. It is. And I think, like I said, I think this w- the way the game does this is one of the more positive things that that it does in allowing you to like fully understand all of that to truly get to like where she is in the in the the first game and be like okay i understand like why she is she's so confrontational why she at times like just doesn't trust max like it makes more sense now of why why when in like the second episode you take that phone call from kate and she gets super off about it yeah because she's like oh well she's gonna abandon me again or or something like that she has like because she has such deep rooted trust issues and all that so it really, it really does a good job of contextualizing her as a character. Yeah, I agree. Um, I still think that Chloe's a little insufferable and life is strange normally, that, but that's fair. I, that's a I, common I complaint. I understand more of why she is like the way she is. Right. Um, but I mean, it it, it makes sense because we've seen here, you know. She feels like her dad left her, which, I mean, he didn't really have a choice, but she feels that way. Um, she feels like her mom is picking David over her. She feels like Max picked her Seattle friends over her. Like, it's kind of a common thing with her is that people choose somebody else besides her. And when Rachel comes along and chooses her, she's like, it's like Rachel's her savior. And then Rachel chooses other people. And then Rachel chooses other people and dies. Yeah. Which is Yikes. which just breaks her even more. Right. Does not help. No. And I think that's partially why Chloe had such like a insistence that Rachel was okay in somewhere else because like she didn't want She didn't want to experience that kind of trauma again and basically was just blocking it out. Right. 
Um, also, one thing that was really, really weird about this game is it like, what was Prescott's name? What's his first name? Nathan. Nathan? Like, there was nothing villainous at all about him in this one. The, the, it can go that way if you... Right, with Depending Samantha. on your choices, yeah, but like, the way he was presented in your playthrough... He was like an angel. He was like, he could he could be seen as like a sympathetic victim. Right, because his dad was such a terrible person to him and people were bullying him and all, like, everything was going wrong for him, but he was like trying really hard mm-hmm. in my version of it. And so it was bizarre because we know what he does and what he's actually like. That I was like, what is happening here? But Who I, is this version? Right, but I think you can kind of get, like, there's the glimpses of, like, okay, he has this terrible home situation and all that, like, where you can kind of glean from that, like, in a few years, like, it could take a bad turn. Right. But, yeah, like, if, you, if you look at it from your playthrough, like, he seems like he's going to become well-adjusted, he's going to be fine, all this sort of stuff, and then, obviously, that's completely not the case. Yeah, you wouldn't think of him as, like, the secondary antagonist in the main game Mm-mm. if you just played it, like, as I did. Right. Like, I think in my playthrough, it wasn't that cut and dry. Yeah. So, like, there was still, like, I think in my, you could you could get the glimpse that he would become that. But, but yeah, like you said, in, in yours, it was just not that at all. One thing that I didn't like about this is that there were a lot of characters that were introduced that, like, we never saw again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I understand that, like, high school happens and people leave and all that. But, like, there were so many new characters that I actually liked. And I'm like, where did they go? And they're, like, in your year. So, like, they would be at the school still. Right. So, it, like. Where are you? Where did you go? And there's never like a good explanation of like where they where they go. Like obviously, you know, it's a big school, so maybe they just Max never came into contact with them. But like, Chloe goes to that school. Not she doesn't go to that school because she doesn't. She's not enrolled. But like, she appears at that school at certain points and would probably run into those people. Right. Or at least like with the way some of those relationships were, like keep in contact with some of those people. Right. But like. But yeah, like they introduced some really good characters in this, like some really good side characters that are just dropped. Just dropped, obviously, because it's you know this was made after the fact. But right. there's never a good explanation of like, okay, where exactly were they have been? Right. Were they still been at school? Did they go elsewhere? They're... You could have had like some kind of like after the fact epilogue type thing. Yeah. Like, where are these good characters that you guys created? Why can't I play D&D as Max? <laughs> she would be into that. She would! It was fun! It, that... Even if the little, like, gnome was floating creepily. <laughs> that was really good. Like, those D&D segments are, like, some of the best things this, this, this game does. I agree. Like, they are so well done. They're so fun. In a way that you, you would think, like, ah, oh, this isn't going to be that great. But then it's like... Oh, no, this is really, really good. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's really, really fantastic. I'm opening up the art book to see if any of those characters from Before the Storm have, like, profiles in here, if they even 
say like, oh, this person did this or this person did that. Or if it's just like, here's this person. Yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. There's a lot of pages. So I have to flip through a lot of these pages. But like one thing that I was thinking about is that while you're flipping, I'll talk about this. Um, you know, Max in an offhand statement is talking to Chloe and the original one and says that basically like Rachel's parents have given up and they think that she like ran off and that they're not going to find her again. But like the parents that we meet in this version would not just give up on Rachel. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. That's, they a, that's a really good point. So it's kind of bizarre. And like I... I understand that, like, some, depending on your choices, like, one of them may or may not be in the picture, but um, given the, her dad's position and given the way that they are with her in this, like, there's no way they would have given up on her ever. Yeah. They they would still be looking for her. They wouldn't... It wouldn't be Chloe giving out the w- missing posters. Like, they would, they would probably be working together with Chloe. Right. Throughout the entirety of this. There's a uh, there's a profile on Steph, and one of the comments is literally Max going, there was a D&D group on campus? Dang, I missed out. Aww. Steph was good. But this doesn't really, like, go into... Where they are. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like they are more positioned, like, where they are within, like, the story. Because, like, there's a, there's a profile on Mikey, and he's just like, I'm just a freshman. So it's just where he is in that game and compared to like what's he doing after that mm. that's lame because I mean especially since he was a freshman he would definitely be there by the time Max is there yeah exactly and I mean the school's not that big they have like one dorm <laughs> it's true yeah you're not wrong <sighs> make me like people and then take them away from me very rude it is gotta put this slip cover back on the book <laughs> it's very important it is all right well let's talk about one of the other good things about this 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 game okay it's called the tempest <laughs> The Tempest is amazing in this. <laughs> it really is. It's so funny. Like, just the idea of having an adventure game where you have to go on stage and perform in a play is really good. But also that it's just The Tempest is also just fantastic. It's really good. It really is. And so, like, you have all this lead up to, like, The Tempest is going to be performed and... Like, you have choices in the second chapter of whether or not Rachel can perform in The Tempest as her role. And um, Chloe ends up in it. And it's genius. Because the entire time she's like, I don't know if I really want to go to that. It sounds kind of dumb. Like, why would I even want to even see that? And then Rachel's like, you know, it's coming out and watch. It's fine. And then, like, she's, like, she shows up backstage before the show to, to hang out with Rachel for a bit. And then, like, 
one of the the castmates can't come because the fire has blocked off some of the roads, so she's going to be late, and they need someone to to play Ariel, and <laughs> and the like the drama teachers is like, oh god, we're we're boned, and then Rachel's like, I know someone who could play. <laughs> the costume's a good fit. Chloe's just like, no. So you have to like you get fitted for the costume, you have to look at the script and read it and memorize it to know what like lines to say right where to go on stage like where to hit your marks and everything like it's so well done it's so cool although at one point i was like i want to look at stuff and you're like no not the time (laughs) there's a time and a place for for looking at stuff this is not it (laughs) (laughs) i figure i I, you, you might have been able to go around and look at stuff but i figure like it would probably yell at you be like what are you doing? This isn't where you're yeah. supposed to be. You're supposed to be in the play. Do it right. Yeah, jeez. Shakespeare. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Super serious. Super serious. It and, was amazing. Yeah, and like the way it kind of like where like Rachel improvises like this whole speech about like wanting to stay with Chloe and everything and Chloe's like, "Uh, this isn't what you're supposed to say." <laughs> yeah, it's basically like this giant proposal. And like me, yeah, and me, you're just sitting back like Shakespeare would like this. He would like this weird improv thing that happens in the middle of his play. Oh, he would love it. He'd be all about that. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yep. He would be the the one in the crowd yelling, say yes. (laughs) You know, he would. He would. It's also kind of weird, though, that like there's only five like parts. Yeah. Of that. Of that play. So like you have. Um. You have Miranda, you have Prospero, you have Ferdinand, Caliban, and Ariel. That's it. Yep, that's it. That's not even close to even, like, the the entirety of that cast. But, I mean, obviously, you you play out, like, one scene from it. And even yeah. then, it's, like, it's, it's a part of a scene. So, you're not acting out the entire play, because that would literally take an, t- an entire episode. But I would have been okay with that. It was fantastic, though. It was... Something that I've never experienced in a mm-hmm. game before, and would like to experience again. Like we uh we talked about how we should they should have typecast the the stoner dudes to be the the drunk <laughs> the drunk dudes who follow uh, Caliban around. Yeah, like that would have been perfect. It would have. <laughs> uh, make, fine. We need we need an adventure game where you just get the f- act out Shakespeare plays and make them weird. That'd be hilarious. Modern reinterpretations. Oh my god! I mean, there's a, there's yeah. a, there is a uh, there's a game coming out sometime. There's like no release date, but like I think we've talked about this before. But like it's it's Hamlet, but it has like Majora's Mask time travel mechanics to it. Yep. So like that that's that's real cool. It's an interesting idea. Yeah. But basically, like between the D and D sessions and the Tempest and this, like it was a lot of fun that you don't usually get in games. It was awesome. Right. Some intense nerdery happening. Some intense nerdery happening. <laughs> like, I think even that second game of D&D is probably, like, the best one. Oh, I agree. I'm sad it, it you missed so it on wild. your playthrough. I'm so mad I missed it. It's really good. Because you get, like, if- Drew gets in on it, he's like, yeah, I'm going to be a dwarf bard. <laughs> This arrogant dwarf bard. 
and all of your options are just like one option is always just like throw the bar throw the bard somewhere use stand the behind the bard use them as a shield <laughs> throw the bard in front of the arrows it's real good it's real good but then the bard just floats over uh, Mikey for a while. That was also real good. That's hilarious. Not supposed to happen, but just real good. No. Oh, she like moves the D&D board away on the like food tray. And for some reason, the bard just didn't go with it. <laughs> God. But I love that Drew got in on it. Because he's like, you know what? This is something my little brother likes. And I'm, I'm interested to... To see what it's about. Especially because you started that game off with him getting real mad at you. And by the end of it, he's like, yeah, we're cool. Yeah. Like, I did something at the beginning that he hated me. And then, like, he hated me even more later. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm never going to get along with this dude. And then the D&D session happened and he liked me. And I was like, yay, this is great. (laughs) Best case scenario. You didn't ruin his football career either. Good job. I, I just, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I really couldn't. I knew that that was going to happen if he got injured. And I was like, I, I can't do that to him. It means the world to him. Mm-hmm. Like, Mikey can recover his arm and, like, it won't hurt his D&D career. <laughs> but. <laughs> he can still throw dice with his left hand. Right. But, like, Drew, that was his life. And that was, like, what he needed for income and all that. He was on a scholarship. <laughs> oh. What? Uh, it's a funny joke because college college athletes aren't technically paid, but they're they're no, no, technically but I paid. Like scholarship and all yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Stuff. like he wasn't going to get the school if he didn't have that scholarship. And he's going to make some money because he's going to be a, a, a quarterback playing at a you know decent level school. Right. So he's going to be fine. And that's what his family needed. Yeah. So. It, it was a hard decision, but I just couldn't let him in that career. It's the right thing. It was so hard. It was <laughs> hard. It was one of the harder ones I had to make. Yeah, it's it's very stressful. We we sat there for a few minutes with me trying to figure out which one I was gonna do. I'm like asking you what you did. I had a harder time with that one than I did the final decision, honestly. Let's talk about the final decision. All right, yeah, because we picked something entirely different. We did. So, essentially, the the final decision revolves around this woman that kind of just shows up out of the blue. You see her and Rachel's dad make out at one point in the first episode. Rachel's like, oh, God, my dad's a terrible person. I mean... He kind of is, burns but down a forest. burns down a forest. And then like at the end of episode two, you confront the parents about it. And he's like, oh, hey, that's your actual mother. Yeah. And we're just like, what? Oh, no. Uh, at other parts of the of the game, you find out like she you, you see her like walk out of Frank's RV and you're like, OK, that's strange. And then yep. you in, in episode three, you go to confront or you go to talk to Frank about her like. Because you call him and like, hey, can you give us some information about this? And he's like, yeah, fine. And then he shows up with uh, the crazy guy, Damon, who's just like super sketch. Yeah, mega sketch. Mega sketch. And he like, he's like, why are you asking around my business? Get out of here, kids. I got a knife. I got a knife. And that's where he stabs Rachel and everything. 
Because she bonks him on the head with a wooden two by four. <laughs> all that sort of stuff. It's bad stuff happens all around, but like eventually you find out that like Rachel's dad had been trying to keep Sarah, her mother. Sarah away from her. And then Sarah was like, I'm gonna get an attorney and make this not happen. You're gonna let me see my daughter. So it gets like legal issues and everything. And then her dad's like, what if I get hire Damon to make you go away in a super sketch way? Yeah. So that happens. And then basically kind of like the end of the game is Chloe finding Sarah and trying to save her, but kind of fails. And they have this like talk and Sarah's like, I should probably go. This is bad. And Chloe's trying to convince her to stay and all that. But the final decision is essentially like. Do you tell Rachel about the shady shit her dad's been doing? Yes. Pretty much that's the, that's the gist of it. And Sarah's argument on this is like, you shouldn't tell him you know what it's like to lose a dad and I don't want that for her. Mm-hmm. And so Sarah is blatantly telling you like, I can't be her mother, but her dad can still be her dad. So don't tell her what happened. And the decision is all like, do you tell Rachel or do you not tell Rachel? Mm-hmm. And we picked something different. Yeah, we, we went the opposite ways on, on this. And for me, it was, an, which is odd because we went the same way on the original Life is Strange. But um, I, like I said, this was an easier decision for me. Mm-hmm. And I I told her everything about her dad. And you didn't tell her. You let her stay with her dad and all that. Right. So why did you pick the way you picked? I mean, I if you want me to remember exactly, I could not tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it was partially like, hey, I know she's going to die soon. Why have this hang over her head? Okay. I, I That could be it. I generally just don't remember. But I did choose the other one. Yep. So. Uh, so the reason why I picked the way that I did is for one throughout this uh Rachel has been saying to Chloe like you're the only one that I can trust and you know she has been dealing with her dad that she thinks is cheating then she finds out that her dad has been lying to her all this time and then finding out that like her dad is willing to go to like real extremes to make sure that the truth is not out there uh, including like potential murder and also like destroying evidence when he's the DA. Um, I just couldn't let Rachel live in that kind of situation. And I didn't want to break that trust with her. Yeah. Because with her repeatedly telling me like, you're the only one I can trust. I felt like Chloe breaking that is really unfair and it would be out of character for her because like Chloe does know what it's like to lose a dad but you know there there's this whole thing that she has a conversation with her dad and like one of her dream sequences that she's like did you ever lie to me and like you can have him respond in different ways depending on your choices but essentially the whole idea was He's not going to tell her if he did because he's not there. 
Right. And she's like, you know, I, I can't love him any less, even if he did lie to me. But her dad wasn't doing the level of stuff that right. Rachel's dad was doing. It's a different level. Right. And I feel like if Rachel knew that her dad tried to kill her birth mother without her actually, like, knowing her mother at all, like, getting the opportunity to even speak with her, that that would just be unforgivable to her. Right. And, I mean, rightly so. And even, like, trying to get her mom, like, re-hooked on drugs was evil. Yeah. I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't let her have that kind of person around her. And I mean, she did get like another three years of life post this. So, you know, it wasn't like an immediate death. Yeah. And so it was like three years she'd have to deal with her dad. Yeah, I think that's 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 entirely fair. Like there's nothing I can like argue against your <laughs> your logic for this. Like <laughs> Uh, I I just genuinely don't remember <laughs> why I went that why way. You? Yeah, I remember. I remember like that. It was like I struggled with it. Yeah. So it wasn't an easy decision for me, but like I went the other way than you did. And it's really hard to watch like the cutscene afterwards because you can see Rachel tell him like you get away from me and like doesn't want anything to do with him, but she stays in the house. So that's something that I'm not quite sure of. Like, does the dad go to jail? Does the dad move out? Like. What what's the scenario there? But you know, she does tell him like, "I don't want you around me," and rightfully so. Right. He's shady. Um. Also, like Frank shanks a dude. Yeah, he f- he murders Damon. Yeah. <laughs> and then buries him, and pours one out for him. Which I mean, granted, like Damon like shanks him it's first. An awful person. Yeah, he's an awful person. Shot. But like, yeah, you get to see like Frank is. You know, we we see Frank have a, a nastier shot side in a uh, in Life is Strange, but this is kind of like the the push towards that. Yeah, we we learn like yeah, Frank is definitely capable of some not nice things because like he eventually becomes like your ally depending on your decisions and. Like, we know that he's not the greatest of people, but, like, knowing that he's capable of this is an interesting twist, really. Yeah. Um, but also shows that he's, like, willing to protect people he cares about. Because he does cl- care about Chloe, even if he thinks she's, like, a dumb teenage girl, which, not wrong, but, like, he was not going to let Chloe die. Right, yeah. And so he just... Shanks his buddy and um which I, you do get the sense that like he's like he's kind of like he thinks Damon's going like way too far at, at some point he's like oh this is this is kind of getting to be a bit much yeah he's he's not into the things that he's doing and even something as simple as like him saving Pompidou from him from like the dog fighting stuff mm-hmm. and tiny Pompidou I, I was reading Tiny Pompadour was so good. Um, I was reading through the Life is Strange wiki, mm-hmm. and there was a piece of dialogue that I didn't remember from 
the original Life is Strange, and maybe I missed it, but um, when you're talking about Pompidou, he says something effective like, his original owner was an evil man, but he's dead now. And so, like, Makes he's sense. Yeah, he's acknowledging that this dude sucked. Mm-hmm. He's also acknowledging that he's very dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, he didn't say who killed him. He didn't say who killed him, but he just says he's dead and that he was evil. And I think that Frank knows both of those as a fact. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, seeing that, like, there was a mound of dirt and a shovel and then him pouring one out while he was burning pictures of him was like, Frank killed a guy. Bloodstained pictures of him. Yeah, like, all right. Cool. Because I asked you at one point, like, when Chloe woke up, I'm like, are we going to address what happened? Because <laughs> that was intense. Because she's You're just like, knocked yeah, out, and then, like, like, they're not there. And then Sarah is, like, untied and smoking, like, let's have a chat. It's like, uh, and- we, what, about, what about the other two that were here? Are we going to discuss <laughs> that at all? I'm like, are we going to talk about this? There was a huge fight. I'm like, nope. Well, so that was odd that it was just not addressed for a while, but then it came back, so it's okay. And we just learned that Frank, you know, killed a man casually, as you do. Gotta do do what you gotta do for those beans. Yeah, man. (laughs) For those beans. He just has an entire shelf of beans. He does. It's so good. He loves those beans. He loves those beans and Pompadour. He 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 has an entire playlist of Bush's baked beans commercials. Oh my god. Roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Can we make Pompadour the new Bush's baked beans dog? Yes. Okay. I'm glad we uh, could come to this understanding. <laughs> Pompadou as a puppy with the hot dog man was amazing. It was real good. Pompadou look Oh, and Frank, like, trying to figure out, like, do puppies eat steak? How do I make puppies eat steak? <laughs> what do puppies eat? Why is my puppy peeing on the floor? Going on, like, dog help websites. <laughs> it was so funny. And the lady was like, well, if you wouldn't yell at her, and he's like, I'm not yelling at him. I'm doing this. Why is my dog peeing on the floor? Well, if you wouldn't yell, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and finally, it's just him, like, bashing on the keyboard. <laughs> it's really, really good. So we got some more into Frank, too, as a person. Yeah. Um, The one thing that I guess is a little tragic to me is that this is like the beginning of Rachel and Chloe's, uh, I guess, depending on choices, either friendship or relationship. But we don't see like what leads to Rachel like hooking up with Frank, supposedly doing drugs, eventually hooking up with Jefferson. Like what leads Rachel down that path? Well, she doesn't we necessarily don't... hook up with Jefferson. It's Nathan. Yes, she does. Isn't it like Nathan brings him, brings her? Mm-hmm. It's Jefferson. Because there's, like, rumors throughout the school, like, she's been sleeping with Jefferson. And then there's a letter um, in the the clubhouse that is, like, all about him that she doesn't want to give Chloe. Shows how much I pay attention. 
Whoops. Yeah, she she boinked Jefferson. And then Nathan was like enthralled with her and like that was the sense of jealousy. So he's trying to impress Jefferson. Objection. Yeah. So like things happen in between this game and actual Life is Strange and you're just like, you don't get a sense of like where, like what happened. Right. And I would like to know what happened. Yeah, because like the only the only real thing you get is like a tie to those games is, or to that game I should say, is like the, the photo booth thing, because mm-hmm. that is shown in the original game, and then the, the final scene you get. Right, which you said was controversial. Controversial. And I don't understand why. Because people are dumb. Yeah, I mean, like we know that happened. Why does it matter if it's shown or not? Some people just want a happy ending. But it's also a good reminder of like, hey, you got through all this stuff, but also like she dies in a horrific way. These choices will have consequences. Right. That leads to the original game. Yeah. And there were a few times that like we were talking with Chloe and like the original game and then the bonus episode. And there were moments where I was like, oh, because I know what happens to her in my playthrough. Well, in everyone's playthrough. (laughs) Well, no, because okay, in fair, some yeah. playthroughs, she survives. Yeah, you're right, you're right. But most playthroughs. Yeah. Or so if you're one of my friends, you accidentally do the wrong choice, and you're like, oh, God! Oh, God! How do you accidentally do the wrong choice? <laughs> he misinterpreted the, the language of it, and he was like, okay, well, we have to sacrifice Chloe, and then hit save Chloe, and I was like, oh, whoops. <laughs> oh, and had to go, God. had to reload and do that entire thing again. Oh no! Like he sat through the the one ending and then just went back and redid the the last choice again. Yeah. That wow. Was real good. <laughs> That's gotta hurt. Uh, but but yeah, like there were some people who who saw like the the ending cutscene of this where it uh, it is um it's the dark room. Right. And we're like, well, why, why would they do that? It just it makes it so bad. It's hurtful. It's all this sort of stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's how things go. We know she's going to die. Yeah. Hmm. Also, I got smooches and you didn't. It's true. I got straight up smooches. I got a bracelet. So I guess yours would not be like a confirmed relationship type scenario. I think it was it was kind of there. Like it didn't. It was like mm, not as explicit, I guess, as how yours was. I got to make out with her on the street. You did. While Ash fell. Yeah, that was weird. That fire thing was so unnecessary. Yeah. That's why I think about that. Fire. <laughs> Done. I don't, I don't like fire. But also it just narratively was nonsensical. Also dumb. I was something I was going to say. Well, what were you going to say? Oh. One, the dad flashbacks were really hard. But two, they were weird. They start off as like kind of normal. Ish. Ish. 
And then by the time he gets like episodes two and three, they just go off the rails. Like him on the stage during the Tempest play and then like getting hit by the car. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is happening? And then like the thing with like the bird pecking at his face and it's yep. burned. And I'm like, they get They get real messed up real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I... It was hard. It was hard to deal with. That was, you know, because that was one of the things I had like warned you about. I was like, so they these things are in there, but they get like they, they you know, they start the first one's kind of normal. They just get progressively weirder and weirder, and it's yeah, yeah, upsetting in some ways. Yeah. Well, and like her sleeping in the car was also very upsetting. Yeah. So upsetting. You yawned. I got like five hours of sleep last night. Don't blame me. It's fine. <laughs> um, but it, it was. It was really, really hard to deal with like her finding a car and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> which I guess the vandalism thing is something we haven't addressed, but I got to vandalize a bunch of stuff. You did. It was fun. Smash, 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 smash. You also got you also got to work on a truck. I got to work on a truck. Howdy, y'all! Yeehaw! Put a pirate flag seat in. Put a put a car battery in your pocket. Yeah, just straight up putting car battery in my pocket. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And also like installing it and stuff without any like equipment, proper equipment. Not a good idea. No. You would die. Probably. So, I mean, overall, it was good. There were some issues. Um, we're going to talk about the bonus episode, too, right? Yeah. Because we, we got the bonus episode. I was worried that I wouldn't because I bought it used, but they don't send the boxes out when they send the used ones. So, Just I disc. got the box, and I got the code. Yep. And so I got the bonus episode. Which is, this didn't come out until this year, like a few months into this year. So like we haven't had a chance to talk about it at all. Okay. So this is brand new content. Brand spanking new. Um, I think we wow. kind of talked about like what it was going to be about. But like mm-hmm. not like we haven't talked about it since then. Um, the bonus episode was a, another prequel, a double prequel. Prequel, mm-hmm. prequel. Uh, set on the around the time Max is about to leave to Seattle. And it's like the final time her and Chloe get to hang out. Yeah, when they're like 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, this is notable that like this episode in particular has like all the original voice actors and actresses like in it. Yep. So like automatically it shows. it's a bump up in quality. It shows. Yeah, it yeah, it definitely shows. <laughs> so like that's that's definitely one of the, the good things about it. And also it's like the... It's the last time you get to play as Max. Yep. Because obviously she's in this, and that's who you get to play as. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like one last hurrah for for this story and these characters, and you get to see like, uh, Max struggling with the fact that you know she's moving to Seattle. She hasn't told Chloe about it yet, and Chloe keeps kind of distracting her with like, well, let's let's do all this stuff first. Let's go. Let's do this pirate adventure. Because we found this map and everything and this whole tape and that told us about this. We're going to find this buried capsule and all that sort of stuff. 
and like they have this they have this real fun time and everything but like max is all it's like internally struggling like oh god how do i tell her how do i tell her how do i tell her do i tell her do i tell her how do i tell her and you know essentially it kind of culminates with that where you you either you get the choice of like telling her or not telling her yeah um after looking through like the time capsule and seeing mm-hmm. the pictures and what they thought that they were going to be doing and uh Chloe draws a picture of you like you have a lot of good times and then it's like all right this is the ultimate decision do you tell her or do you not tell her and i chose to tell her because i felt like it was the right thing to do mm-hmm. and, and he- Chloe's like i already knew yeah <laughs> like uh, i kind of already knew that my parent, I overheard my parents talking about it. Big whoops. Yeah, she's like, you think our parents don't talk? Also, we get to learn, like, Chloe's already having a few issues at school because, like, she's not fitting in perfectly and all that. People are making um, fun so- of her because of, like, she's a scholarship kid and all that. And she's not, and like, so, like, a rich person going to that school, so. We can see, like, some seeds of her having issues already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get a huge whammy because I kept asking you and you never really answered me. And I was like, I have to tell her because like, what if it's that day? Mm-hmm. What if it's that day? And like, mm. turns out it's that day. <laughs> yeah. Because at first I was like, maybe it's not that day because like you see the clock and it's like one. 30pm and I'm like I think he dies at around like 11 something that morning so like there was like there's some inconsistencies with the clock stuff I think that I think like the developers of this tried to be like to like retcon into going into their way essentially but yeah like that's that's definitely something that's been pointed out okay well I was just thinking like maybe it took that long to like pronounce and then get them back to the house it could it could like there's no denying that um because that's obviously not a quick scenario of them like the crash happening them getting him out them having to figure out if they can save him them getting Joyce them getting Joyce um, you know them getting her to the house like that takes time right yeah so it is possible that it's still consistent but True. you know I kept thinking when I looked at the clock I'm like maybe it's not that day maybe maybe it's not that day maybe it's okay but then I was thinking if it is that day I, I can't I can't just like leave it like that. So I told her and then the door opens and there's Joyce and there's some cops. And I'm like, it is that day. <laughs> like, oh, f- it is that day. <laughs> and like, it's um, in terms of like sound design, the way that they pulled this off was really fantastic to me because the sound kind of like cuts in terms of the like speaking. Mm-hmm. But you can still read what Chloe's saying with her mouth and she's like saying like dad and then no and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you can get like the emotion there without the actual voices. And oh man, like we have the the freaking cemetery scene where Max is like driving away with all their stuff. Like she's moving that day. Yeah. Ugh. And then you told me that, like, if you don't tell her that she finds out via the tape that's in her room from Max. Yeah, so, like, after the funeral and everything, like, Chloe goes back home and she sees, like, this, there's a tape in the tape player and she's like, 
says, I'm sorry yeah. on it. And essentially, with the way you went, where if you tell her before, she basically just, like, she makes this tape to try and, like, help Chloe, like, just try and console her, knowing that she's not going to be there. And she's like, you know, hey, it's look, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I hate that I have to leave now. Um, but, like, you know. I know like, it's when you need me the most. Yeah. But like we'll stay in touch. We'll we'll write. We'll call each other. Like it's gonna be fine. Like we're we're not gonna like just completely fall apart. Which obviously is you know we know that does happen. Yeah. But the other scenario, if you don't tell her, is that like she she tells her on the tape. It's like sorry, I had to go to. I, I didn't. I forgot to tell you. I didn't. I wanted to tell you, but I just couldn't. But we're going to Seattle. All right. <laughs> sorry. Ugh. Just rough. That's rough. Yeah, that's really rough. And you already see like tensions between Chloe and Joyce at the funeral as well, because Joyce like goes to Chloe and tries to hug her, and like Chloe pulls away, and then Joyce breaks down. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you can start seeing these issues that Chloe has in both before the storm and then eventually the actual game that like you can see where they're starting here. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a hard game for me to play. Especially, especially that last episode. Cause like you, you kind of go into it thinking like, Oh, this is just going to be a fun, joyous romp. Like, you know, one last ride type of thing. And then Yar. it, it does the Life is Strange thing where it's like, well, about that. How about if we make you sad instead? Yeah. And they did. Mm-hmm. They made me sad. Congratulations, guys. Both those games in a funeral, so to say. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. Poor Joyce. Yeah. No kidding. Yikes. So anyway, now you've made me feel a whole lot. That's uh, that's what I do. Yeah, no kidding. I guess eventually I'll have to play the second one so I can feel on that one too. Yeah, but obviously, I mean, there's only one episode of that out right now, so... Unless, right, right. Unless you want to wait, it's probably going to be a while before all of it's out. Yeah, I figured. But yeah, you're you're basically all caught up now. Ready yeah. for Ready for the second one, which doesn't really have much ties to this one <laughs> at all. That's okay, though. That, yeah, that totally is. Like, it's it's smart for, for it to be its own separate thing. Yeah, I think so. Like, I think we may have talked about this on on this or just off air, but like, there's like, there's one kind of reference, I guess one, I guess specific reference to the the first games and one of the choices you make in original Life is Strange, but other than that, it's its own separate entity. Again, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I feel like I, I we've kind of told the story here. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else we can get into. That's true. <laughs> but uh, we have uh, we have witnessed the the calm before the storm, which really wasn't a calm. 
No, wasn't calm. It was just before the storm. Yep. Still rough. Still still very rough. <laughs> uh do you have any final thoughts or should we Um no, I'm I think I'm good. Okay. There you go. We did the one weed. <laughs> we did the one weed, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Always do the one weed. So that's uh, that's going to wrap this episode up then. So if you'd like more from us, go to seasonallymecheckup.com or scc.co where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Seasonally Checkup and Jared and I Watch. You can find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you want more from Ann Ladium, go to annladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. You can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash animecheckup. It's where Twitter exists. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. Next week episode 100 wow wow We're old 100 dang episodes who'd have thought not me not me <laughs> uh we'll do something for it yeah we haven't necessarily figured out what or kind of talked about it but we're gonna we're gonna do something special for it or at least attempt to because i think that would be fun i agree we just gotta figure out what it'll be the, the episode 100 big blowout extravaganza celebration spectacular. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, uh, come back next week and we'll, we'll have some fun. We'll, we'll, we'll do some stuff. I don't know. It'll be something. Hey, don't get on the desk. Yeah, don't get on the desk. Oh my God. Don't get on the desk as you listen to the end of this episode. Oh my god. Don't celebrate the end of this episode by getting onto a desk. Uh, this is my life. <laughs> it's strange. <laughs> <laughs>